Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. I hope you guys had a great week. And we're going to start off this episode by talking about clearly the biggest news of the week, which pretty much carries on from what I was talking about on Tuesday. Aaron Rodgers is participating in team drills, team activities. And the reason why I'm bringing this up and why this is the biggest news of the week is because Aaron Rodgers now has taken some shots. He, he had a 31-minute or 32-minute press conference just two days ago or like yesterday. Matter of fact, no, it was just yesterday, Thursday. And Aaron just, <laughs> I mean, I'm... Hats off to Aaron Rodgers for how he said he said the truth. He said the truth and called out the organization for being a lame duck esque organization. They and not trying to be an a hole to Packers fans, but you guys gotta realize that it's kind of how the uh, they've been over the past couple of years, especially with Aaron Rodgers. And while a lot of things he said, I 100% agree with. I am going to call you out, Aaron, on a couple things. In his interview, he or in his press conference, he said that, oh, it wasn't about the money or anything. They offered me uh, more money and said how they were going to get me more money. But clearly, it's not about the money. Well... Then later on in that press conference, about not even five minutes later, he starts talking about how he thought that he would be getting an extension after after the season, which an extension doesn't always mean more money. It means more job security, of course, uh, especially with how he played. He won the NFL MVP. He was considered the best NFL player in in the league last year. Now, do I agree with that? No. I think any team, if you ask them, like, hey, who would you rather have this past season, Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, I'm pretty sure they would choose Patrick Mahomes. Um, But that's beside the point. With an extension, most teams do give more money up front. So, in a sense, he kind of contradicted himself a bit by saying, hey, it wasn't all about the money, as you can see, because they, they did offer me more money. But then he was upset that they didn't offer him an extension, which... I get it. Every player wants to make the most money that they possibly can. But Aaron, you, you got to be willing to take less. If, now, if that's what your plan was, hey, extend me like two more years and I'll take less money made to, you know, go trade for a Julio Jones. I would understand that. I would totally understand you from that aspect. But Aaron Rodgers has always been the type of guy who is more like Peyton Manning than a Tom Brady. Tom Brady's always been someone who will take less and less to help the team win. While Peyton Manning's 
view has was always, hey, I'm going to get paid this much because this is how much I'm worth. And it is your job to put a good team around me to help this team win. And that kind of leads into an issue with, that I had, again, with his press conference where he wants to be a part of the recruiting. I, I understand that. He, he totally should be. He's a part of he, – he is the main reason people want to play with the Packers. He even said that. He said that Green Bay is no vacation destination. Anyone who goes to Green Bay is going there because they want to play with Aaron Rodgers. They don't want to play with anyone else. They want to play with Aaron Rodgers. And while I think it is a damn moment, uh, it's totally true. It totally is. And quite frankly, I believe that Aaron Rodgers has earned the right to be like call out the organization on their bullshit. I mean, <laughs> he's won multiple MVPs taking them to so many NFC championship games with teams that were not really like always deserving of being there or didn't earn the right to be there. I mean, just taking it back to 2016, which I know I've talked about in the past, how they had like the number five ranked run defense. They had a very good defense statistically. And this is where I'm going to tell uh, the fans, you cannot look at statistics. Statistics do not show the full story because that year they had the top, I think the fifth best run defense and they had one of the best defenses in the NFL based statistically, based on how they look statistically. But look how their division was. I mean, the Bears have not been good for years. The Lions have never really been good in my lifetime. Uh, if, if you ask the Lions fan, they'd probably say that they had, like even a 50-year-old Lions fan, they would probably say the only years that have been really good were with Barry, and even with Barry Sanders, they weren't actually good. It was just Barry. And then you had the Minnesota Vikings, who, who are a good team, but they are a very up-and-down team. During that time, the, the Packers did not have an extremely hard schedule. And, you know, they, they their defense was considered a good defense only because the fact that they had played such poor offenses. And they definitely did not deserve to beat the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, the Des Bryant uh, catch-no-catch game. Or not, no, right. That was the year before, two years before, sorry. That was the uh, year that Aaron Rodgers made a amazing throw to Jared Cook and set up the Packers for the game-winning field goal. Now, Aaron Rodgers was able to do that. Not every quarterback's going to be able to do that. I think you put a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, including the person who I think is the best of all time in Tom Brady in that situation. I don't think Tom Brady is going to be able to put that ball right on that sideline in that moment. 
personally. That's just why I think Tom Brady probably would say will probably prove me wrong this year and do exactly that in like the Super Bowl or something. But needless to say, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that are making that pass against a very good Cowboys team. Now, with that being said, Aaron is that year that Aaron Rodgers was that team. He was that entire team. Yeah, they had Joy Nelson. Yeah, they had Randall Cobb. Yeah, they had Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams was not what Devontae Adams is now. Jody Nelson was injured a good amount that year. Randall Cobb was relatively beat up that year. Well, Jody Nelson actually wasn't, when I think about it, he wasn't beat up a whole lot of the year. But like he, in the playoffs, he was beat up. He had, uh, I think, a broken or two broken uh, or really badly bruised ribs. And I remember him going into Atlanta and getting lit up by Keanu Neal, who's now a part of the Cowboys. Uh, and pretty much Aaron Rodgers was that entire team that year. He is, for the most part, that entire team every year. As of the past couple of years, yes, Aaron Rodgers has gotten a good team around him. Now, I do think he should be involved in the recruiting because look at what Tom Brady was able to do. Tom Brady was able to assemble a Super Bowl team with some uh, additions on offense. He was also a major component in the reason that Tampa Bay was able to keep all those weapons this offseason. Aaron Rodgers deserves the right to be able to help the Packers with recruiting players and all that. Which, granted, he could be doing that behind the lines, but he has the kind of the right to know who they're trying to get. Now, where I am going to call him out is Aaron I hate to break it to you. You aren't going to get all the best players back on your team. There was a couple of years, including this or this year, where the Packers are not in the best cap situation. Aaron Rodgers had said how he was upset how they, uh, how with like Charles Woodson, Julius Peppers, Brian Bulaga, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Clay Matthews, James Jones, John Kuhn, TJ Lang, Casey Hayward, and Micah Hyde were treated and like let out or let to go in the free agency. You aren't going to retain all the best players. Yes, the Packers did not need to release release Jake Kummerall. That That seemed like they were trying to do that to hurt Aaron Rodgers from my point of view. Uh, but Clay Matthews, he had been, he was old. He was beat up. It's not like he went to the Los Angeles Rams and tore up, tore up offenses. No, he was beat up. He was done. His, his time in the sun had gone and passed. He, his career was at an end. That's why he only was one year with the Rams and then he was done in the league. Julius Peppers, 
yeah, he still had a little bit left in the tank. I'm not going to lie. He, he did. He, he still played relatively well with the, uh, with the uh, Panthers when he returned to them. But you can't, you can't always expect that they're going to perform at that high level. I mean, John Kuhn played with the Packers till he was 33. A fullback in any offense is pretty much a dead position. There's only a few teams that really use the fullback anymore, and that is the 49ers, the Ravens, I think still do, the Chiefs. Uh, I don't really think the Bills do that often anymore. I know the Falcons did back in like up until 26 or the end of the 2016 season. But, like, he was a 33-year-old fullback. Yes, any team is going to try to get younger at that position. And, yes, he went and played for New Orleans for two years. It's not like he was playing amazing for New Orleans ever. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, he had okay seasons for New Orleans. But nothing that you'd be like, wow, I want John Kuhn on my team. I remember as a Falcons fan being excited seeing John Kuhn coming in because I knew that the Falcons were going to be able to stop him if they got the, gave him the ball. TJ Lang, Brian Bulaga, understandable. You want your offensive line to be stacked. You've always had a top five offensive line around you. Always. Yes, the Packers are going to try and low ball these players, they want to try and get them at a discount because if they want to play with you, Aaron, they'll stay with you. Now, they probably lowball the hell out of them to the point to where like it's like not worth it. Like, okay, I'd rather go on a team and suck with that team than stay here and potentially win a Super Bowl. But Casey Hayward, Micah Hyde, like all these players that he listed were extremely good players uh, or players who were wanting more money than what they were worth. Randall Cobb, yeah, he was very solid for the Packers. And I'm pretty sure if I recall correctly, they offered him a contract and he declined it. Now, it could have been a super low ball offer, but at the same time, it's not like he tore it up with the Texans last year. I mean, he was a... He was a one-and-done player with the Texans, and it's not like any of these players right now. Like, when Clay Matthews was released or let go or let or allowed to walk in free agency, it's not like teams were clamoring for Clay Matthews. It's not like teams were clamoring for Jordy Nelson. Teams weren't clamoring for Julius Peppers. Charles Woodson, they weren't even clamoring for no. Yeah, Charles Woodson got signed quicker than a lot of these players, but a lot of these players were either at the end of the road or they were hitting their prime and the Packers didn't have enough cap space, in large part due to, who else, Aaron Rodgers having high cap numbers and other players that he loved having high cap numbers. I mean, what when you look back at the Green Bay Packers, 
and how good their offense has been. And what players they were able to resign and like to large deals. Jordy Nelson was at one point like a top five uh paid wide receiver. Julius Peppers was paid very well by the Packers. Brian Bulaga was paid pretty well at one point by the Packers. These players had had good long careers. At one point, the Packers had the most expensive offensive line with one of the more expensive quarterbacks. Now, Joe Flacco reset the market when he won the Super Bowl in uh, 2012, which, of course, he shouldn't, as we all know now, he should not have gotten paid uh, top quarterback money. But the Ravens were in a bit of a bind. He just got them or won them a Super Bowl. Of course, you have to pay your Super Bowl winning, Super Bowl MVP quarterback a lot of money. But th- th- those are the two points where I would just be like, Aaron, what what are you doing? You can't say, oh, it's not about the money, but then be annoyed about the uh, not getting an extension. Now, if you make it clear that, hey, I would have been willing to be extended and take less money, then go ahead. I understand what you you mean that totally cool but you never said that in that press conference so makes me think just like anyone else would think hey he probably wants more money as well with that uh because i can guarantee this in or after next year if you got that extension say two extra years after this year if you went and won the super bowl with the packers which i don't think the packers are going to the Super Bowl. I don't think that they're real Super Bowl contenders at the moment. A little bit more than I thought now or before. Now that they got Randall Cobb back, they have another weapon for Rodgers, but they're not they're not in the same stratosphere as Tom Brady and the Buccaneers or Stafford and the Rams. Those are like super teams. Um and but let's just put it in perspective. Packers win the Super Bowl this next year. Rodgers says, "Let's run it back." Okay. Fifty bucks. I, I would bet fifty bucks. I'd bet thousands. Actually, I would put a million dollars if I had it that Aaron Rodgers would ask for more money since he just won the Super Bowl. Then you see, and and the Packers would have their hands tied. They would have to. Kind of listen to their Super Bowl winning quarterback. But then you, just a comparison, you look at what Tom Brady did. Where he was due $25 million this year. And he cut his cap number down to like less than $3 million to retain all these players. Rodgers isn't doing that. And some people will say, oh, well, Tom Brady has Giselle who makes millions and millions of dollars. It's a supermodel. Aaron Rodgers is engaged to an actress who makes millions and millions of dollars. You can't say that anymore. Everyone that Aaron Rodgers is... It's not like Aaron Rodgers was dating a bartender. He's been dating people who have money, just as much money as he does. Like, (laughs) possibly even more. So... 
I'm not trying to like crap all over Aaron Rodgers because, like I said, nearly all of his points I totally understand, and I'm still backing Rodgers on this. Everything about it is messed up. The Packers have done him extremely dirty, but at the same time, Aaron, you gotta realize you can come to a solution that is advantageous for both sides. You know, if you took less money, they'd probably be willing to give you an extension. Yes, you're the one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You were the best player in the NFL last year. But the best player in the NFL didn't win the best prize last year. Yes, you got all the accolades, but you still want to win a Super Bowl. Their job is not to please Aaron Rodgers. It's to win championships. And that's what you're trying to do, I'm assuming, as well. That's why you want these players. So why not take a little less money for an extent? If I'm sure if the Packers, the Packers would probably extend you two to three more years, but they'd want you to take a little less money. So that way they could resign Devontae Amps. They're struggling to sign him. And I don't think that they're going to be able to sign him. Especially now after what uh, him, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Rodgers had posted with the Last Dance-esque photos. It is definitely just... I I don't know how he can say all this when he could lay be taking less money. And yes, you, you would be able to point and say, oh, yeah, he should be making more than, than this quarterback and this quarterback. Yeah, that's true. You can also say that about Tom Brady. You can say that about a lot of quarterbacks. You can say that Justin Herbert deserves a lot more money than other quarterbacks right now. You got to be willing to negotiate, wheel and deal, and... That's my one suggestion to you, Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's like I'll scratch you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. You scratch the Packers back, they will scratch your back. Take a little bit less money, and they will use that money, I'm sure, to help you out. Granted, they could have helped you out uh not this past draft, but last year's draft. Uh they didn't. They drafted Jordan Love, so I understand why it's extremely frustrating for you at the same time. But you got to play the game because you're not bigger than the organization. No one is. At the end of the day, all the fans are going to side with the organization over uh, the best player on their team, possibly in the history of their team. I would probably say the history of their team. I think that you're definitely better than Brett Favre. That's not a shot at Brett Favre. I just think you have so much that Aaron has so much better qualities of a quarterback than Brett Favre. Yeah, Brett Favre got him to two Super Bowls, but I think Aaron Rodgers is overall a better quarterback of the two. And Other than Brett Favre, yeah, you could maybe say Bart Starr, but two different times for all we know if Aaron Rodgers was back in Bart Starr's time he could be 
we, we'd be maybe considering him the best quarterback of all time. Or maybe Bart Starr wouldn't be succeeding at all in this modern era. So with that, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we return, we will be talking about a, another quarterback that I have talked a lot about in the past. His name is Carson Wentz and some news pertaining to an injury that he sustained just today. When we return after this. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Now, it was reported a couple hours ago that Carson Wentz is out indefinitely. And as of right now, is looking like he will be missing the rest of uh, camp and all of preseason with a foot injury. Possibly might need surgery on it. Which should concern Eagles fans, actually, as well. Which I know that there's a lot of... I, I saw so many memes like, oh, Jalen Hurts, Eagles fans, like, celebrating. Uh, uh, no, that's, that's not necessarily a good thing because the Eagles trade uh, from earlier this year really relies that on how many snaps Wentz plays. I mean... If he plays enough snaps, he the, the, the Eagles could get a first-round pick out of him. Now, it's, it's still a second-round pick no matter what, but getting back to Carson Wentz and the main reason why I want to talk about this, because I have been high on Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts this offseason. I have said that I believe that as long as he stays healthy, he will be a top five quarterback in the NFL this year or borderline top five. Now, I'm still sticking and riding with that. If he plays week one of the football season, I would say that, yeah, I'm still going to stick and ride, ride it out with that. And if I'm wrong, I'll admit it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to try and sway it or say oh well he got injured although I could because he did get injured but like I said Wentz is when healthy definitely a top 10 quarterback potentially top 5 now I thought he would be healthier this season because the fact that he has such a good offensive line in front of him. He has very solid weapons like T.Y. Hilton, Pittman, uh, Jonathan Taylor coming out of the bathroom, or the bathroom, <laughs> the backfield, uh, Hines coming out of the backfield, almost just said bathroom again. Um, either way, what... Wentz's injury is concerning. It's it, it's a injury that involves a bone and a ligament within his foot, and 
pretty much Wentz had heard a pop at practice when the injury occurred. Even on the uh, on another team many states away, Wentz still is give. And this just came back to the the Eagles thing. There, he's still hurting the Eagles because of the fact that the Eagles could benefit from getting a draft pick. Which, if you're a Giants fan, if you're a Washington fan, if you are a Dallas fan, you should be so happy about this. You you don't want to see Carson Wentz succeed because of the fact that it would help the Pat or it would help the Eagles. I mean, they they potentially get a first round pick if he reaches a certain snap uh, count or a snap amount. And as of right now, it's not looking like that's going to happen. I don't think that he will play week one, especially if he misses the entire preseason. I think that like if he comes back and is practicing right at week four of the preseason, like right before it, for one, he's not going to play in it, of course. But then I don't think they're going to wheel him out there, uh, get ready to be killed week one. It wouldn't be smart. It it would literally put him in a situation where he could re-injure it and be out longer. Which I think the Colts will make, make the smart decision to sit him out week one if he's not ready. But then again, week one is against the CLC Hawks. A CLC Hawks team that has a very poor defense. A team that could really highlight and make the Colts look good if he tears up that defense. So they're kind of would be faced in a hard situation to should they put him out there or should they not? Because week two, you definitely don't want to put him out for his first game if you're trying to make him look good and look like it was a smart move to trade trade away a second-round pick for Carson Wentz. You don't want to have him go out there and face the Los Angeles Rams in week two. Now, week three, I also think that you don't want him having to going out there and having to battle Ryan Tannehill. It, it, it's really a hard situation. Like I like yes, I think that they should get him out there as soon as possible. But if say he say if we find out that he has to have the surgery and he's out for sure for week one. Um and he could be back for week two. Do you really have him come back week two against a very good Rams defense led by Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and all those weapons on defense. Then week three, yeah, the Titans don't have an amazing defense. I've talked about that in the past. But like if if he's not ready, say if, say if he's out for week two, would you really want to wheel back out there Week three, they might not have a choice really, especially if the Colts lose week one and week two. They might just have to force him out there no matter what. Because 
I'm going to be honest, look at their schedule. That's a very hard start to the season. Week one, home against the Seahawks. Week two, home against the Rams. Then you go out to Tennessee. Then you go out to Miami. Very good defense. Then you're at Baltimore. Then week six, you got an easy game. Sorry, Texans, you're an easy game. Uh, week seven, the, the, the Colts have a very hard schedule. And I believe that if he is healthy by like week one, they should maybe just force him out there and say, hey, go, go tear him up. Go tear up that poor Seahawks defense led by the best safety slash middle linebacker combo or the safety slash outside uh, linebacker Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner. I mean, other than those two pieces, the Seahawks have nothing on defense. That scares you. We t- like that. I like I, I like I said I like I like the I liked the prior I know t- t- today junior by the way don't worry uh I really liked the the Indianapolis Colts chances of possibly going to the Super Bowl this year and now after this injury to Carson Wentz I'm not sure if I even have them making the playoffs because how long is it going to take him to get in, back into the swing of things? Is he going to be able to mentally recover from this? Because they do have a hard schedule. Matter of fact, I'm not. I'm really concerned right now because I, as a, as some of you may know, I do do pre regular season predictions for every team. I've been doing them for these past couple months. I do multiple uh, predictions, and then I do the average amount of wins and losses as their record. I have one more prediction left to do with the Colts. And I don't know if I can really have them making the playoffs. Every other prediction, I've had them making the playoffs. Yes, their second half of the season does get easier. But even then, I mean, if if Carson Wentz comes out, starts, or is playing well, but still kind of beat up, and then re-aggravates that foot again, or gets another injury, first of all, the top five thing is gone and out the window. Gone and out. Like, I've... Lay said he's only going to be considered a top five or borderline top five if he is healthy. Now, I feel like I'm ranting a bit, but I'm I'm sorry, Colts fans, because right now this does not look good, and I'm sure that there's a lot of Colts fans who are really upset about this. Um, I I'm I'm not sure how to feel about it, to be honest. I'm going to have to evaluate Jacob Eason a little bit, watch some 
film on him, see or search around, see what some insiders are saying, how they think that the Colts are feeling about him. And I will get back. You'll eventually know my predictions, especially if you go to macrosports.com to check out all my articles and predictions. But it is going to be a very, very hard prediction for this final one based on this injury. Of course, I'll have to wait to see how severe it is, how long he's going to be out, how long the recovery time would be for it, and all that. But Colts fans, your your season kind of rides on this, in my opinion. So hopefully he is back for week one. Uh, With that being said, we are going to end the episode on that. I know we only really talked about Aaron Rodgers and uh, Carson Wentz. On Tuesday, we will be talking about Deshaun Watson and what he said this week. We didn't really get the opportunity to talk about it where he had pretty much... There's some news surrounding Deshaun Watson and how the Texans are now willing to listen to trade offers for Deshaun Watson. Uh, We can expect that the Texans will be wanting a combination of five high draft picks and or starting caliber players in exchange for Watson. But just to talk about it a little bit, actually, I don't believe... I, I think the the Texans may have crapped the bet on this one a little bit because all word out of Dolphins... The, the the Dolphins facilities have been that two is actually performing pretty well. And I felt like that that was their best, their best trade partner. And I, I don't think that they'll be able to trade with for trading him too, because it, it wouldn't make sense for the Dolphins to trade away to a, and two or three round or first round picks to get Deshaun Watson if they think that they have something finally in Tua. Because everything has come out that Tua's improvement is very evident in training camp that he has he's been performing extremely well. I've seen a lot of highlights of him. Granted it is being put out by the Dolphins uh organization but I mean, other than the Dolphins, there's the only trade partner that I think would make sense as of right now would be, well, the only trade partners would be A, Denver, B, Washington, which I don't see them doing that, or I don't see Washington doing that trade, mainly because they would probably probably wouldn't do that because Washington would most likely have to give up Chase Young because I don't think that they would be willing to give up their next 
however many self picks because they, they while they are a very dangerous team i think that they are a playoff caliber team not super bowl ready yes deshaun watson could put them into the potential super bowl window they aren't going to be a super bowl caliber team if they have to give up all these assets yes they could be super bowl caliber if they only have to give up draft picks but I think that Houston would try to get Chase Young. And if I was Washington, I wouldn't give up Chase Young for Deshaun Watson, especially with the sexual, uh, the, the charges that are against Deshaun Watson right now. We don't know if he's going to miss time at all, either this year or the following years be suspended at some point. I mean, other than that, those two teams, maybe the Las Vegas Raiders, but I, I really I really think that the best trade partner was the Miami Dolphins, and I don't think the Dolphins are willing to do that trade. Unless the Dolphins are literally putting out all this this video footage of Tua making highlight plays, uh and having all their beat writers all having all these writers hype up to uh to eventually trade him to the Texans which if Miami's doing that oh my god that would be just big a big brain move needless to say like if Tua actually sucks and they're hyping him up and like He's going to the moon and then they trade him and like two first round picks and maybe some sort of other uh, picks or whatever to the Texans for Deshaun Watson and maybe some miscellaneous like late round picks Uh, that just first of all, the Texans would be a complete dumpster fire at that point. The Dolphins, I would say, would probably be the smartest organization in the NFL, if I'm being real honest. Actually, they'd be close to it. They'd be the smartest organization if they end up going back to their old retro helmets, the the ones that I love, everyone loves. No one really likes these new uniforms, in my opinion. Personal opinion, I, I wouldn't say no one likes them. Certain people do, but I'm sure we can all agree that their old helmets or their old logo with the dolphin with the helmet on that looked aggressive and mean, just better logo. But that's beside the point. Uh, I hope you guys have a great weekend. We will see you again on Tuesday where we will talk a little bit more about Deshaun Watson. Until then, have a great weekend. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.